And we are live. Welcome to the process slash strategy show. It is Sunday, January 14th, 8 a.m., bright and early. You guys might be looking for football. Not around these parts. We're breaking down a four-game Sunday NBA slate. So if you're here, what's going on, everybody? Nice to see you. Josh Engelman breaking it all down. Let's have some fun. I hope you guys had a good Saturday. Hope you had a good Friday night as well. We got two NFL games yesterday that were games, I guess. I didn't need those back-to-back Texans D touchdowns, but what are you going to do? Didn't like that I was off to a rough start and swapped to more Dolphins to try to save my lineups. That didn't work. Had Chiefs, so also annoying. But what what can you do? That's the way it works. But now we're here to break down a little bit of NBA. Larry, good morning. Rashid, good morning. Clearly not going to have a huge crowd today, uh, Sunday and um, NFL playoffs, but it doesn't mean I stop. Where else would I be? It's breakdown NBA day, like every other day for me, except for Saturdays. There was no breakdown NBA. Oh, man. I don't have too much to say. I didn't, I didn't really watch any NBA or anything yesterday. I tend to take Saturdays off completely, but not Sundays. We're here for a Sunday. So I say we break it all down. Now, before we break it down, we have one thing we need to talk about before we do anything else, and that's this. NFL Sims promo. Perfect day to get in if you're looking to do it because we've got games today. We're certainly going to have games tomorrow as well. Links in the description. NFL Sims Max Package all the way through the Super Bowl. Covers you for projections, ownership, our top stacks tool on the NFL side, sim tool, contest generator, post-contest evaluation, lineup generator, whatever you're looking for, this package has it. It's every single thing we do on the NFL side for DFS. You get it for $100 if you use the promo code DRIVE. You can see it on the screen right now. And you also get two weeks of our PGA package. That's a pretty solid deal to close out the NFL season. If you wanted to try out the Sims tool, I think this is a great way to do it. You want to watch, like obviously the playoffs are the most watchable games. If you're looking for something extra to sweat, you can step in and use the best tool we have to do so. So again, link in the description, NFL Sims Max Package plus two weeks of PGA, $100. Links, you can click the link right in the description. It takes you right there. Now, if you can't figure that out, go to stochastic.com slash join, enter that promo code DRIVE. There you go, Larry. PGA Showdown Sim Tool as well. MMA may be out as well. Wink, wink. Keep your eyes peeled. It's there right now if you check the drop down. Yep. But anyway, let's talk some basketball. I've already worked my way through these rotations, so we're just going to talk through it to start and then run some crunches and figure out where we stand. First and foremost, though. Only some water to start today. I want to cheers you guys. Rise and grind. We'll work on the visuals for tomorrow so we can get that rise and grind banner back in the screen. But for now, cheers, everybody. Mm. Perfect. All right, first game up. Charlotte Hornets, eight-point underdogs in Miami. 222 total. For the Hornets, Gordon Hayward is out. Cody Martin and Frank Nilakina are both questionable. Brandon Miller 
and P.J. Washington are both doubtful. Mark Williams is out. So lots going on here for the Charlotte side. I am expecting a bit more minutes for LaMelo, and I do think he's live to just be just play his normal 36. But we saw him play 27 minutes in that return. But they here's what they did. They played him to start the game. They also stagger rotation him. So he played at the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, and then closed the second quarter. He was on his way to do that again, but the game wasn't competitive. So he started the third quarter, closed the third quarter, and started the fourth quarter. I find it very hard to believe that LaMelo Ball, if that game was competitive, was not going to close that game. And I certainly think he's going to close any games that he could play moving forward. So I went 31 minutes. I think you are very live to be able to go to 32, 33, upwards of 34. Maybe we don't see it yet, but on a four-game slate, I'd rather be ahead of the curve than behind it. That said, I went 31, which is as if he closed and picked up an extra minute or two somewhere else. He looks okay, but at the same time, the problem for him is that he's 9,500 in point guard only, or on FanDuel, 9,400 in point guard only. That becomes kind of problematic. That price tag is really what's stopping you from getting there. I was hoping they would have dropped him a little bit, try to get him during this uh, this like minutes monetization that they're doing, but unfortunately, no dice. There's not a lot that looks good on this entire slate, and that's where it starts to get a little squirrely. Terry Rozier, I've got in 8,400 point guard, shooting guard. Still happy to get there. Uh, I think he looks very similar to LaMelo, just slightly different price point. Bridges still has that power forward center eligibility, which makes absolutely no sense. Small forward only on FanDuel. Um, But Bridges would be probably the guy I get to first. And then Nick Richards, as always, you know, if he's going to be starting and playing around 29 minutes, especially on a four game slate, you have to pay attention to that tough matchup, though, with Bam on the opposite side. The, pro- the the thing that could change everything up here is, you know, if Cody Martin doesn't play again, then you fire away more minutes to Bryce McGowan's. You know, it opens up opportunities for Nick Smith, uh, JT Thor, you know, potentially Frank Nilakina if he's back and playing. I don't think that's going to matter, but I at least have to mention it. But we do have to keep our eye on that Cody Martin news because that's important. Or, you know, if either of these doubtful guys get flipped, and move from doubtful to questionable later on in Brandon Miller and P.J. Washington. But it's basically just LaMelo, Bridges, and Rozier that can do any sort of creation. I guess you can say Nick Smith can, but not exactly someone you're trusting. A rookie guard against Miami is probably going to fail more often than not. Uh, So I'm looking at it like this. Bridges, Rozier, and Richards are the three guys I have my eye on. The ownership for LaMelo will be interesting in GPPs, but probably his price tag stops you. He's going to end up being like a pay-up to be contrarian guy. Now on the Miami side, another disaster. Um, Jimmy Butler, doubtful. Tyler Hero and Kevin Love are both questionable. Kyle Lowry is probable. And then in the Battle of the Martins... Caleb Martin is available. Uh, So we never know what's actually happening for this Miami team. So what we can go by is this. If Tyler Hero and Kevin Love are both in, 
9100 for Bam is a completely reasonable price tag to get to him, especially when you're facing the Charlotte Hornets. This is a matchup where Charlotte is now currently the 30th ranked defense, also 28th on offense. Uh, they're not slow, though. They're 17th in pace and probably even a little bit higher with LaMelo around. This is a fantastic spot for Bam. You're just paying every single cent you can for him. I'll continue to be interested in Jaime Jaquez with Butler out. He's going to play 35, 36, 37 minutes a night. It's not going to be great per minute rates, but this is a four-game slate, so you really don't have a lot of choices in the matter. He's a .78 dude over the past 30 days. Now, I think that that is a little bit uh, underselling him for what this matchup is. And then Tyler Hero, if he is in 8,100 point guard shooting guard eligibility, we're talking about somebody that's in that like 1.1 to 1.15 fantasy point per minute range, takes over all of the usage for this team. The only people that get any real usage for Miami with no Butler around, that's Tyler Hero and that's Bam Adebayo. 27% usage rate, 21% assist rate. You know, we're talking about 20, 22 real points for both he and then a little bit more for Bam. Those three guys stand out as clearly the primary options from Miami. After that, it starts to get a little crazy. And then it sort of depends on whether or not those Q tags break. Like, Caleb Martin is probably a little overpriced for how many minutes we think he could play. He played 24 and closed off the bench last time out. Now still questionable once again. Kind of just scares me. He'll probably just come out and play 36 minutes. They've got all these like like type dudes now. Jovic, Highsmith, Martin. It seems like Hawkes has just cut the line, but Kevin Love, I guess, where you never really know who's going to get that extra four minutes. So it's hard to want to go to Haywood Highsmith. Assuming Jovic continues to start, I don't think his minute ceiling is all that high. Now, if you get Jovic out of the starting lineup and they go to Highsmith again or Duncan Robinson or something else, Jay Rich, you can feel a little bit better. You can feel pretty good about like getting away from Jovic and redistributing those minutes to Highsmith. But again, we're talking about a dude that's like a .75 guy, not exactly lighting the world on fire. It's not the best situation for Miami, and it could break a little bit differently. But as I look at it, it's Bam, Hawkes, and Tyler Hero as the priorities. And I use the term priority for Miami firmly, as a whole, very loosely. Second game on the docket, Sacramento Kings, five-point underdogs in Milwaukee, 247 total. Not much to talk about here. We have the Q tag on Kevin Herter. He missed last game. I believe that was the last game. They haven't played since then, right? Yes, missed a lot. Well, got hurt in the first minute two games ago and then missed this most recent game. He is questionable with that left ankle sprain. If he's in, he's playing like 24 minutes. You assume he starts in that Chris Duarte spot. Everything for Sacramento starts and ends with De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis on an absolute heater. Now, he's 10,200, but 1.58 fantasy points per minute in the last 30 days. We're talking about a very easy double-double every night, 20-plus points. I got him in for 13 rebounds and 7 assists. He's filling up the stat sheet. Can you imagine if DeMontis Sabonis could play any sort of defense? How much better Sacramento could be? Sorry. Have to take my shots when I can. I'm very happy that I do this on Sunday mornings, too. Glad to help. 
Uh, so if you can get to Sabonis, do it. It might just be easier to get to Bam and save a thousand dollars, but I will never talk anybody out of Sabonis. Um, tough spot though, you know, on the opposite side against the Bucks. Fox for eighty eight hundred. That with that price being sub nine k certainly opens him up a little bit more. Uh, we're you know we're talking close to thirty real points for him in this matchup. After that is where it gets kind of tough. Keegan Murray is playing really big minutes, 6,500 power forward eligibility. The shots following you're feeling really good. I don't mind $4,500 herder at shooting guard just for what this slate is. You should be at least a little nervous unless he's starting. If he's starting, then you should feel pretty good about 24 minutes. I will happily play a little bit of Malik Monk, but 6,300 point guard shooting guard when, when herder is in, it's just a little tiny bit scarier. But he's great, 1.15 fantasy points per minute. And then I think we continue to have this Trey Lyles discussion. 3,900 off the bench, power forward center, can soak up extra minutes off of Harrison Barnes, could soak up extra minutes if they want to go small and try to stretch Milwaukee a little bit more. But the fact that he's power forward center and sub 4K on a four-game slate, that becomes very, very important. Now, on the Bucks side, they are on a back-to-back so it makes it a little bit more difficult to try to say what we think they're going to do. They beat Golden State by 11 yesterday. I have them in to just be the same rotation they usually are. So we're starting off looking at $11,600 Giannis. Uh, for him, power forward center eligibility, 1.7 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days, and obviously in a good spot. Uh, Sacramento defense is at best average. They do play a little, you know, they're, they're a little bit faster than average as well. There's nobody on Milwaukee or on Sacramento that has any prayer of checking Giannis. So I really do like this spot for him. I certainly like Dame at 8,900. You end up looking at a very interesting dynamic of Dame uh, at 8,900 point guard only. And then... Fox, 8,800 point guard only. Pay very close attention to the ownership between those two guys. If somebody pulls away, I like the opposite guy in GPPs because these guys aren't separated by all that much. The other two primary dudes that I'd be looking at for Milwaukee would be Chris Middleton at 7,700. Shooting guard, small forward, uh, you know, playing 30 to 32 minutes every night. 1.15 fantasy points per minute. And then Brooke Lopez, who scares the hell out of me. He's been so incredibly bad as of late, but you know, 0.84 fantasy points per minute, well below his marks. You can't expect that. You you know, you you assume he writes the ship. Um, he's playing 32 minutes a night. The defense is certainly there, or that's the goal at least. But 6,400 for a center on a four gamer that plays 30 plus minutes. Like at some point in time, the recency doesn't really carry a ton of weight, and you realize that. There aren't that many centers that play the same amount of minutes that he does, and you have to pay attention to it a little bit more. For their bench guys, you know, we got that like outlier Portis performance a game ago or two games ago. You never feel confident there. He's 5,900. Beasley, I mean, he's just a terrible per minute dude. You really just need him to have a, a very big outlier three point shooting performance. Connaughton's a terrible per minute dude, but at 3,900 with some small forward power forward flexibility, I think it helps. The other guy you got to look at is Andre Jackson, but also terrible per minute dude. They only played eight guys 
in the rotation against Golden State. Andre Jackson was one of them. They did not play uh, Marshawn Beauchamp at all in the matchup. You got, you know, around 20 minutes for Andre Jackson. But even with great eligibility, point guard, small forward, the $4,100 price tag for someone with his per minute rates really becomes limiting. And the more he's playing with these guys, the more they shrink the rotation. It's not like he's out there just with a bench mob. So sneaky, I guess, but not a guy you should be prioritizing. You're starting at the top with Giannis and Dame. You're adding in Middleton and Lopez, second tier. And then you're hoping for the best you get one of these other rotation guys. (sighs) Game number three. Ooh, let's take a sip of water. Game number three, Los Angeles Clippers, one and a half point favorites in Minnesota, 222 total. Clippers, everybody's available for Minnesota. We do have a Q tag on Anthony Edwards. That's obviously going to be incredibly important. The Clippers are basically the same thing they always are. It's Paul George at 8,300 guard forward, Kawhi at 8,500 small forward power forward, Harden at 8,200, point guard only. These guys look very, very similar. I have no idea how you prioritize which one you want to pick from that three. They all look solid enough. I kind of prefer all of the other, like, pay-up options that we've already talked about, but it's a four-game slate. Please play Harden, Leonard, and George, but I have no separation from them financially. You know, their, their prices and their projections are all very similar. 4.8x on Harden, 4.8x on Kawhi, 47 on Paul George, but you get guard forward, so that flexibility equalizes them. You could pay down and try to go to a Norm Powell. He's not that great with these guys all in. 0.8 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days. Not the same sort of usage when these guys are in, but he's 4,600. He does get the minutes. That does work as a flexibility play. And then you can always take runs at uh, Avica Zubats at 28 minutes, you know, Plays that basically every night. 6,200 center only. On a bit of a heater, though, 1.2 fantasy points per minute. You're certainly in sniffing distance of a double-double. Rough matchup against the triple bigs on the opposite side for Minnesota. But they're the four guys. And three of them are, like, ultra priorities in that they're stars. But, you know, Harden could go nuts and they defer. Leonard can go nuts, they defer. Paul George can go nuts, and they defer. It just gets scary getting to the Clippers because it's just three of the same dudes. Terrence Mann is 3,700. Terrible per minute, dude. It's a value play on a four-game slate. I will not be getting to Russ. I don't think that I'll be getting to Tice, but at least he's 3,700, and his path is direct. Although I do wonder if anything ever happened to Zubats early, whether or not they would also just like work Plumley in and Tice's minutes would never change. And then like Amir Coffee doesn't play enough to matter. The Minnesota side, everything hinges here on Anthony Edwards. The the problem though is that if Anthony Edwards is in 8700 point guard shooting guard, like I think he's the best option you can get to from Minnesota. You also have Towns power forward center at 8k, but I want to get to Edwards more than anything. Um, Gobert certainly works at 7,200, but if we get Edwards out, then 
there's um, just an incredibly huge usage bump to Carl Anthony Towns. He goes from being like a good play to probably being the best play. And then you start thinking like, all right, we're probably getting a, a lot more of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Shooting guard, small forward, 3,800. He becomes probably the premier value play to get to if Edwards ends up out. You feel at least a little bit better about everybody else. You know, there's an extra shot or so for everybody that plays. McDaniels, McLaughlin, Slomo probably steps into like a couple extra minutes and becomes an interesting value option. I don't think that it really changes much on a minutes basis for Reed and Towns and Gobert. Maybe you see Troy Brown step into the rotation. Not even maybe. Troy Brown probably steps into the rotation. He's and becomes a very, very interesting value option. He's only $100 above the minimum, 3100 He's shooting guard small forward eligible. I have him as a baseline .85 guy. I think that's fine in this spot. It, you know, 16 minutes of that starts to become a real issue on a four-game slate. Uh, you know, if it's a bigger slate, you could avoid it, but you start to look at it a little bit differently. Wouldn't even be surprised if he just went immediately into the starting lineup, too. I think it would probably be Nikhil Alexander-Walker as, like, the main benefit, but Troy Brown would be, you know, like, hot on his heels. But it's Towns that gets the biggest overall bump. The usage just skyrockets if Edwards is gone. But if he's in, Anthony Edwards is the best play on Minnesota. Already through three games, folks. We're moving pretty well. Final one to talk about, Phoenix Suns. I'm so sick and tired of talking about the team on the opposite side of this one, which would be the Portland Trailblazers. Suns are 10.5-point favorites in Portland. 231 total. Uh, For Phoenix... Only guy that's out is Damian Lee. So we're seeing the same thing we always see. Phoenix looking exactly like the Clippers. Instead of having Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, you've got Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. It's all the same situation for me, just different prices. 7300 for Beal, 9 k Booker, $9,400 Durant. I don't see these guys any differently than I see the Clippers dudes. Similarly, you've got Yusuf Nurkic at 6,900, playing about 28 minutes as a center, playing the role of Avica Zubats. If you want to do that one, that's the other one. It's three wings, three guard slash wings, and a center, three guard slash wings, and a center. I see both of these teams very similarly. I lean more towards Phoenix for the obvious reason. They're not facing the number one defense in the league. They're facing the shitty Portland Trailblazers. Larry, I have no idea yet. My guess is that we have the same schedule we normally do and that the strategy show works as... Okay, let me let me say it a little bit differently. I don't, I, I don't know the answer to this. We're either going to do the strategy show like normal and prioritize the early slate or do it as a live before lock. I'm not entirely sure. And then at night, deeper dive live before lock covering the standard main same way that we always would. That seems like what's going to happen, but we can't really know until they post the contest. But um, we will cover, assuming the early slate is legitimate, I have no reason to suspect it wouldn't be for MLK. So my guess is that we cover the early slate at the beginning of the day.
Zach, glad you're here, man. Glad you're here. I love doing this on a Sunday. So I don't have anything else really to say for Phoenix. It's it's if you if you you like something on the Clippers, it's the same breakdown. Um, and I really don't love their bench dudes either. Like I don't. It's not the kind of value plays I'm looking for. Eric Gordon is probably like the sneakiest one, but he's such a shit per minute dude. It's really hard to run that down. Let me get to the Portland side. God, this is the worst. So for Portland, DeAndre Ayton is now questionable. Ibu Baji is questionable. Don't think that matters. Shaden Sharp is out. These guys just get absolutely destroyed so frequently that it becomes a real issue. But as I look at it, you know, 34 minutes of Anthony Simons against a Phoenix team that's not a very good defense. He's the first guy up for sure. Point guard, shooting guard. You know, we're talking about a 1.1 fantasy point per minute guy. First guy I want to get to from Portland is certainly Anthony Simons. You can take a shot at DeAndre Ayton. He's right there in that. He's like a slightly worse version of Nurkic or Zubats today. I think you could take a run at Jeremy Grant. You know, in any sort of competitive game, you're getting 34, 35 minutes out of Grant, who's one of the few like real NBA players on the team. Kamara for value, I guess. Scoot at 6K is fine. Brogdon for 5,500 with no sharp is fine. But nobody jumps off the page. The real key for this slate is that no one jumps off the page at all. Like, at best, everybody at the top is sort of the same value. And that's making me very interested to see what happens when we start running crunches and see what lineup construction looks like. Because... For right now, I think this slate is incredibly difficult in the best possible way. It's ugly, too. Like, none of these games are fun. Sacramento-Milwaukee, I guess, is fun. But, and like, Clippers-Minnesota is a great basketball game, but it's not like a great DFS matchup. So that fun kind of goes away. Milwaukee and Sacramento is sort of the only game you could really confidently get to. For now, though, I'm ready to talk at least a little bit about some crunches. I hope you guys are. I'm going to pull up some fantasy cruncher and we are going to look at some lineups. What do you guys say? How about that? Boom. So first one up is going to be DraftKings Optimals. And again, thank you guys for being here. If you're here, hit the like button. If you're watching this a little bit later in the day, also hit the like button. Even uh, you can check us out on podcast feed. This audio always exists. I try my best to make my audio a little bit better, but I feel like I talk about what's on the screen a little bit too much, so apologies for that. All right, we've got it up on the screen. First one up, optimal lineups on DK. It is 8.28 a.m. 247.5. So my first optimal lineup is the optimal by 0.1. Anthony Edwards, Kevin Herter, Jaime Jaquez, Trey Lyles, Brooke Lopez, Anthony Simons, Jaden McDaniels, and Carl Anthony Towns. I shouldn't have to explain how disgusting that is to you guys. That should just jump off the page for you. Really, really unappealing stuff. (laughs) Trey Lyles was in 48 of the 50 lineups I generated. Anthony Simons and Anthony Edwards were both in 46. Tumani Kamara was in 35. I I could not feel less excited about that. 
But the minutes are there. He plays like 26 a night. Honestly, though, I'm going to take a minute away from Kamara. I think I have him slightly over-projected. I want to see if that pulls him out of my optimal. He's still going to show up a lot because of this slate. But does it change? Nope. Oh, hey, yes, it does. That actually pulled him down quite a bit. Edwards, Herder, Hakez, Lope. Like, the, the lineup is still the same, but uh, we see Anthony Edwards and Anthony Simons climb a little bit more. Herder in 62, McDaniels and Hakez in the 50s, and then Towns is 48. Kamara drops to 36. I like that a little bit more. 247.5. If we throw on some randomness, I, I think this just totally flattens out. I, I don't. To me, there's not a single priority on this slate. I, I mean, Trey Lyles is showing up as that dude. I should not have to explain to you how nerve-wracking that would be. But, you know, if you get the 20 and a half... Can I, can I move this? Come on. Oh, I could just drag it. I was looking for the little thingy. Like, if you get the 20 and a half you got on the ninth, now that's 32 minutes, obviously not ideal, but you get the 20 fantasy points on a four-game slate at 3,900, you're going to be okay. So, there's that. Yay, Trey Lyles. Jaden McDaniels, Tumani Kamara, Anthony Simons, Terrence Mann, I think what you're seeing is a very clear distinction of we don't have we we have a couple guys for value. Our payup options are only 11-6 Giannis and 10-2 DeMontis Sabonis. The most likely scenario is a very balanced build. It's gross though. It really is gross. Let's check out FanDuel before we get out of here. Solid show today, guys. There is no there's no good value, that's for sure. Now, I like that, but I also don't like that if you catch my drift. Let's see what FanDuel looks like. I think we'll see Giannis in this optimal just because of the way that FanDuel works. So as we look at FanDuel, we have 290.08. Optimal lineup by 0.01, which is always funny to see. Uh, I was wrong about Giannis, though. Dame Lillard, De'Aaron Fox. So you get them both. Grayson Allen, Malik Monk, Jaden McDaniels, Jaime Jaquez. Okay, so it's Sabonis, Trey Lyles, and then Yusuf Nurkic. If you don't prefer that lineup and you want to drop down by one one hundredth of a point, you can take James Harden and put him in the lineup. And you take out Wait, you swap Malik Monk and Jaime Hawkes for James Harden and Kevin Herter. Okay. Basically the exact same run. De'Aaron Fox, because he's 8,300 on FanDuel, made all 50 runs. Uh, Grayson Allen made 48. Jaden McDaniels made 45. Yusuf Nurkic and Sabonis were both in the 70% range. 
Lyles in the 60s, and then Damian Lillard, Kevin Herter, Jaime Jaquez, and Chris Middleton were all in the 50s. Middleton 7,100 on FanDuel today. As we slap on some randomness, the final thing we will do for today, we'll see what we get. That is Grayson Allen at the top of the list for right now. That matchup certainly helping against Portland. Grayson Allen in 60%. Jaden McDaniels in uh, basically 60%. It's just this mid-tier flexibility and minutes. You, you can't beat the minutes on a day like today. Lyles, Fox, both in the 40s. Herder in the 30s. And then you start to flatten out into the 20% range. Chris Middleton, Keegan Murray, Scoot, Sabonis. Very, very hard slate. I'm assuming we don't see any, like, we don't have anybody that's like, oh, this guy's 75% owned, the rest of the slate is 30. That doesn't really exist today. We've got a tough one on our hands, which, you know, I kind of like. But we do have some news, like Anthony, or Anthony Edwards can very easily really changed the scope of this slate by opening up some Minnesota value. You know, Miami and Charlotte both have these like Q tag, doubtful tag guys that could really mix it up. Milwaukee, we don't know what they're doing on the back-to-back. At least they're at home for it. You assume everybody's playing, but they could sit some dudes and, you know, you wouldn't be surprising. Portland could just have DeAndre Ayton be out, at which point maybe we start thinking about Jabari Walker and Dwap Reith in a different way than we do right now. There's a lot going on today for a four-game slate, and it's not a very easy one the way that we have it there now. But that's all I got for today. I know people aren't going to care because we've got NFL later on, but I care in the morning, so I'm happy to have you guys. Contenders videos will be out in a little bit. I don't have anything else, so chat. I appreciate you being here, hanging out with me for the past uh, 35 minutes. You guys have any other thoughts before I get out of here? Speak now or forever hold your peace. And as per usual, we'll be here all week for the process. Although, I am putting the finishing touches on what I think could be a little bit different of a morning for everybody. Same information, more information, honestly, but... Uh, With the way that we're set up right now, I don't know if the process needs to be going on at 6.30 a.m. any longer. I think we can move that forward in the day, sort of combined it with, combined, combine it with um, the strategy show and maybe create a little bit more content for you guys throughout the day. But we'll see. Thank you guys for being here. I'll be here tomorrow morning, 6.30 a.m., bright and early. Oh, yeah. Uh, Trade deadline show. I'll be there with bells on. Let's hope that I don't have another root canal that day. All right, guys. I'm out of here. Thanks for being here. Good luck tonight. Whether that's NBA, NFL, even round four golf, whatever you're doing, enjoy it. I'll talk to you guys later. This was The Process.